Welcome to the EggerSafe Network podcast, where our mission is protecting the people who feed the world. And I'll start with my cover slide here, if anybody's interested in information. Um, thrilled to see everybody that's able to log on here today. Stacy and I were talking offline before this that COVID has presented a lot of opportunities for online learning, but that has also created um, a lot more opportunities for people in general. So for you to take the time today uh, to be able to tune into this presentation, uh, I promise we will bring you some value, hopefully give you um, some good thought into emergency planning for farm operations, and definitely open to any questions, not only after the presentation here, um, but beyond this. So. I'm going to give a brief introduction here uh, with a story, and the story is about this man that you see on the screen, uh, Sergeant First Class Christopher Solis. In 2018, I was serving on my second deployment with the Army Rangers, and uh, Sergeant Solis was with a different group operating, operating in uh, enemy territory. They came under extremely heavy fire, and in the duration of that fight, um, a foreign partner that we were working with was injured and Sergeant Solis took it upon himself to take the injured foreign partner uh, to a medical evacuation helicopter which came under heavy enemy fire and in that process as a helicopter was taking off Sergeant Solis was um, mortally wounded and as the helicopter had the option to come back to the ground he waved them off because he knew it was endangering the crew and, and and the reason I bring this up in the farming conversation is um, for someone that that has served and understands the commitment and sacrifice that that takes from an individual person, you know that that's a good reason uh, to die of of understanding what you believe in and standing up for something that you believe in. And my point there is there is no good reason to die farming. And so as we talk about this through National Farm Safety and Health Week, um, the the presentations that have gone on thus far this week for those that I've been able to tune into have been fantastic. I think it is extremely important and um, awesome that we actually have a whole week dedicated to focusing on this, even though farming is a uh, uh, naturally unsafe occupation, right? And we're getting better all the time, but keep that in mind, you know, there's no good reason to die farming and how can we help farming operations and agribusinesses? And whether you're a farmer yourself or someone that is involved in the industry, I want to talk today a little, little bit about what we can do um, to prevent some of that. So who am I? Again, Shea Folk. I live in Northwest Illinois. I farm with my wife's family. We run a uh, seed business, regional seed business, and I also work as an agricultural consultant all over the United States and Canada. Uh, some of what I do is this side, the safety coaching, in order to help operations become more efficient with uh, planning and preparation and what to do in the event of an emergency. I'm a big advocate of um, planning that is very practical, okay? Um, I, I do have an OSHA 30-hour certification. And I think there's a lot of value in that. But when it comes to operational levels, it takes a little bit of a different understanding for what farmers go through on a day-to-day -day basis, the number of jobs that they do, the amount of time limitations that they have. And so, you know, I try to make this very practical, very easy to implement and look at how we can move forward and progress in the industry uh, by taking some of these small steps and implementing some of the things that you'll see here today. So what do I believe? I believe that we have a great opportunity in the community to make emergency response better, to make farms safer, and to create better continuity in farm operations. And this is from 
operations transitioning from the senior generation to the new generation, um, all the way from that scale up to agribusinesses that operate with several hundred employees that need structural planning um, and that maybe are lacking in their emergency response planning for the operations in their agribusiness. <clears throat> so what I would pose the question to you is, you know, how can we work together on this? How do we share this message? Hopefully the information presented here today will cover some of that. <clears throat> These pictures were taken yesterday on our farming operation. Um, we had a whole lot going on as everybody does this time of year. Top left there, you can see uh, we were actually cleaning oats. So we handle corn, soybeans, and cover crops. So we were cleaning oats, getting those moved into wagons and into bulk bags to send out to customers. Uh, you'll see the numbers here on these that will be more relevant later on in the discussion. Um, but getting seed shipped out and working underneath combine headers there in the bottom left in the presentation, if you're, if you're able to view it here, um, making sure that rack trap is cleaned out before we get going on soybeans, uh, getting bins cleaned out and prepped and ready for harvest. And in the bottom right there, that's my father-in-law. We don't move all of our grain with wheelbarrows, but uh, as we're getting the grain bins cleared out, it's always good to, to get uh, the, less, the, the rest of it cleaned up there. So Mark is uh, 64, uh, honored to have him as a mentor in my life. Uh, but part of that conversation comes back to the age that is a very, very relevant factor in farming operations and how emergency response planning can be a part of that. <clears throat> so let's talk about why, um, you know, we're having the discussion today. So not only is it National Farm Safety and Health Week, as every week should be in agriculture, but I think with emergency response planning, what we see today is uh, we're very reactive when it comes to emergencies on the farming operations, when it comes to safety preparation, a lot of times we wait for something bad or a close call to happen on a farm in order to implement the change that we need to see. And I believe that's backwards. There are some things that we can do in advance to hopefully prevent some of this. Um, you know, another reason that we're having this conversation is just because we care about each other, not only within the farming community and other farmers and agribusinesses and those that are involved in ag safety and health in general, but a lot of the first responders that we see in our communities are actual um, rural volunteers that dedicate their time to help save others in the community. And so it's not, not always a, um, a paid municipality role for these first responders to come out and respond to farming operations. And these are people that we know and love and work with and go to church with and everything else. So, uh, you know, the other opportunity here is some of those first responders in rural communities that are maybe bordering uh, urban areas is sometimes there are threats on the farm that are not fully understood um, by those who may be full-time position or maybe don't have a farming or egg background. And we'll talk through how some of the meeting process here can actually help communicate that information, uh, create understanding and some of the possible synergies that we have by being able to work with first responders. And then also, you know, the, the big reason, the overall reason that I decided to get involved in this and that I think it is really important for uh, the community, the National Egg Safety and Health community, is I believe we currently have a major lapse in coverage uh, when it comes to emergency response planning on the farm uh, at locations, you know, the, the physical locations or satellite locations for the farming operation in the field and with equipment. When you compare uh, the planning that we have to other industries out there, whether it's construction, or manufacturing or transportation, uh, we are severely lacking in the world of agriculture. And there's no real good reason for it 
other than we have historically accepted ag as a high-risk occupation and just assumed or taken for granted that that's how it needs to be. And I think that we uh, can change our thinking on that and can implement some of these things here. How are we going to do this? So I'm just going to briefly touch on this. Um, what I will talk through today is uh, emergency response meetings, so actually meeting with some of the first responders and also with uh, the farm operation team, the agribusiness team, or uh, for those of you who are in roles that support those members, how can you facilitate some of this learning? Uh, doing actual physical location walkthroughs. Again, I'll talk through that a little bit more in depth and then product development and information sharing. I am a huge advocate of uh, over communication. And my wife gives me a hard time sometimes when I say that. She says, well, what do you mean over communication? I said, well, you know, communication is one thing, but if you are over communicating a message, there is no doubt in anyone's mind of what your intent is, where hazards may be in the farming operation, and just ensuring that everybody understands a clear and consistent message. And ultimately, how do we implement this? Um, you all, you all that are listening today that decided to take an hour or so out of your time to learn a little bit more on emergency response planning for farm operations, uh, we have the capability to make it happen. So if there's one thing that you can take away from this presentation here today, I just want you to be thinking about what is one thing that I can do that I learned in this session uh, that is applicable to my farming operation or to those that I work with? What's one thing that I can do? Again, farmers and ag businesses are folks that need to be involved. Uh, emergency responders, we'll talk about this a little bit more in depth. This includes everyone from sheriff, um, emergency management, hazmat, dispatch, fire, kind of need to have everybody in that conversation involved. Extension research and academics, so those a lot, of, a lot who may be attending here today uh, for discussing planning and coordination when it comes to how do we map this and implement this out into these operations and industry. So there are so many advancements in technology today that are great for production purposes, but what does this look like in order to implement safety into it? And I really don't think it's that hard. Um, it's just having the platform to build onto. And then also financial institutions, because as we know, whether it's uh, cover crops in a farming operation or new practices, there needs to be some financial incentive in order for farmers to make the leap. And sometimes that's the difference between implementing uh, safety practices and not. So how can we encourage, reward, and incentivize farmers and egg businesses to make these changes? And again, these four things, right? Easy to implement, needs to be simple to use, make economic sense, and most importantly, be effective. <clears throat> so let's get started. Um, I'll come back to this farming operation, but just wanna give you an aerial view uh, this is actually our family seed business here in Illinois that we will talk about and show you what we've done with some of the um, some of the mapping here. This uh, checklist uh, is what I like to call an iterative checklist. So these are some things that you can take away today and go ahead and implement this at your operation. So how do we map out our home operation? So keep that in mind. What does it look like at our actual home operation or satellite locations? How do we map out our field locations? And one question that I will pose to you is, if I had to describe to you, how do I get to, uh, we'll call it the Hancher Farm, okay? How do I get to the Hancher Farm? Well, I know where it is, and my father-in-law knows where that farm is, but if I had to communicate that to you, uh, what would that look like? Would you know how to get there? There's not an address at that location, uh, so how do we communicate that information? And that starts with looking at grid coordinates, um, there's a few other systems that you can use, but grid coordinates is highly effective. That's something uh, that I pulled from military experience. How do we create maps 
um, with blueprints. So that picture that you saw on the farming operation in a minute here, you'll see a blueprint of what that looks like. <clears throat> How do we create those? How do we conduct a site walkthrough for safety, hosting emergency meetings, and then ultimately just having a pre-planting or pre-harvest, which is what I do with the coaching uh, with farming operations, um, have a meeting discussing safety or just any sort of frequent safety meetings. How do we implement those? So if you're able to view the presentation here, what you'll see is a blueprint. And this is an operation we worked with in Iowa, uh, taking their farm layout. They have a shop, a seed house, uh, another storage building, and then a fair amount of hazards and storage operations. And Ultimately, if you have a legend to communicate what the hazards are and you are conducting a site walkthrough, doing some emergency response planning with those in the local community, um, not all these symbols need to be 100% consistent from operation to operation, as long as you know what they mean. So we'll talk a little bit about how uh, first responders can actually view this information in advance with an understanding of what's going on if they get a call to this operation. But ultimately, this helps paint the picture, if you will, um, to everybody that works on the farming operation and also to those coming to visit or responding to an emergency of what are the hazards here. So identifying the gas lines, where are the electrical hazards, um, the drying system, are there any trip or falling hazards or chemical hazards that we need to be aware of in a farming operation. And so if you can take a little bit of time, um, I think I made this one on the left and maybe an hour, uh, just a general blueprint of these facilities. If you can take the time uh, to work through some of these things, it really provides clarity with what you have going on in that operational facility. This was just created in a Word document. There's different programs out there that you can use. Um, very easy, very user-friendly, and it makes all the difference in the world when you're looking at a farming operation. So again, how do we create a basic blueprint, if you will, of that farming operation to understand the hazards and what's actually going on at that location? This is, uh, this is another example of a blueprint. So we actually utilize this for our storage planning with the seed business here uh, at my father-in-law's operation. Uh, but it's very simple, right? It, and it comes down to simple things of labeling buildings, labeling your storage bin locations, obviously grain safety is a huge issue and um, a very talked about issue, which I think is fantastic. Um, but how do we capitalize in, in moving the next step from grain bin safety into actionable items for emergency response? And even more importantly, as we all like to talk about in the ag safety and health world is prevention, right? So it's part of this being proactive as opposed to being reactive. And I'll say it here now, I'll, I'll touch on this again a little bit later, but the most interesting part I think about safety preparation and one of the hardest conversations to have with farmers and agribusinesses is you never know the injuries or the safety accidents that you are preventing by implementing these. And so sometimes when farming operations look at the cost of um, having someone come in and help them with this discussion or implementing safety measures that they need to, maybe changing electrical hazards that they have, uh, proper chemical storage, things like that. All of those things cost money. But what is the cost um, if you have a major accident, a major injury, or um, God forbid a death in, in a farming operation? What is the cost of that? How does that impact the business? And more important, how does that uh, um, 
how does that affect the mental health and well-being of the family members that are uh, involved? And as I said at the beginning of this, it's um, it's a it's a tough toll when you have to deal with reactive measures uh, after an accident has happened in a farming operation. So again, how do we utilize the planning that we're already doing, utilize the topics that we're already discussing, such as grain bin safety, and implement that into an effective method. And one of the number one things I think is labeling buildings, labeling storage facilities, and just creating a simple blueprint for everybody to understand what's going on in that operation. So once this uh, you know, blueprint is created for the farming operation, and, and what I'll say here too is again, as I mentioned earlier, this is an iterative checklist. This is an iterative process. And what I mean by that is it doesn't necessarily okay, have to be, okay, hey, we're gonna make these blueprints and then we're gonna have an emergency response meeting and then do a walkthrough. It might be backwards to that. You might have a walkthrough and then create the blueprints, have an emergency response meeting, and then work on further implementation. Uh, but what do you think is the most pressing hazard to your operation and what will be the most beneficial uh, logistically and what's the most easy to implement is oftentimes a good place to start. So having an emergency response meeting, all those uh, entities that I labeled earlier, the sheriff, the EMS, uh, HAZMAT, uh, dispatch, they're all crucial in the conversation for understanding what's going on in a farming operation. And what I've seen through a lot of the coaching with farming operations is these emergency responders, these first responders are thrilled to be involved in the process because you might drive past a farming operation a thousand times, maybe on your way to work over a few years, you drive past it a thousand times, but you don't really understand what's going on behind those four walls, what's going on in that hog building, what's going on um, in, in that grain setup and maybe some hazards that they pose. And as a first responder, if you have to show up there, not only are you endangering yourself, um, by, by those hazards being present and not knowing what is there, but also are you able to best respond to any incidents that are at that farming operation? So talking through this emergency response process with those people in the community, again, they're very willing to uh, show up, take some time. A lot of them have actually utilized uh, this sort of meeting as uh, training for their uh, volunteer communities or for continued education within that. And uh, you can find good operations, good farming operations, varied farming operations within almost any community across rural America that is willing to support this. Um, because unfortunately, I think everybody knows someone personally or knows of someone who has been impacted by a farm safety incident or a farm emergency. And while that's a very um, you know, somber fact there, uh, there are people out there that are more than willing to help with this discussion and to help us move and progress forward with these uh, emergency response meetings. So I think that's crucial just as an outline of what we have going on in the operation and how we can work through this process. Maybe following the emergency response meeting, uh, maybe at a different time, but actually getting boots on the ground and walking through these locations, walk through the facilities, um, physically see these hazards, understand what goes on in this grain drying setup, what goes on in this grain bin, how are they entering, what suggestions do they have, and emergency and first responders that have had uh, experience responding to these incidents or that have seen a whole um, wide array 
of operations a lot of times have really really good inputs that the farmers never considered uh things that i haven't considered as a as a coach as a consultant working with these farming operations and so i think everybody has a good learning atmosphere uh, to take a look at what's going on to make suggestions and make improvements ultimately for the goal of keeping everybody safe and healthy Okay, so emergency response sheets. This is something that I developed with the help of um, emergency responders that those teams that I talked about, dispatch, fire, EMS, and, and just sat down. There's there's other products out there that are similar to it, but I just thought, okay, how do we put this into one simple sheet for people to understand what's going on? Um, I don't know if anybody here listening has ever had to call 911. I'm sure some of you have. But if you're anything like me, uh, my mind has gone numb two out of the three times that I've called 911. And this is someone, you know, myself, I have a lot of experience with radio communications. I understand um, the effective information that you need to share in order to get emergency response, first responders, medical care uh, to locations. And a lot of times there's just so much going on or they're asking questions a little bit differently that it's hard to kind of comprehend in the moment. And so working with dispatch, um, just going through this checklist of, okay, what is the emergency? Where is it? How do I reach back out to you as a dispatch uh, operator or first responder in the event that I lose the call? And then what's going on? Paint, it, paint a picture of, of what's going on at that incident. Is there an injury? Where is it located? What medical supplies do you need? Or what do you think that you need for a grain bin rescue? Um, are you safe, the person calling? And then just describing again a little bit further on what's going on with this detailed information. The reason, or one of the main reasons that I helped to develop this sheet is I have six younger siblings, and fortunately, all of them are um, fairly involved with agriculture, or at least around farming and agriculture. And my 15 year old brother was running grain cart one evening, and I, you know, we just had the conversation of, okay, if the combine over there caught on fire and you couldn't communicate with the driver or if the driver um, had, had a heart attack, let's say, what would, what would you do? And he said, well, I'd go over there and call 911. I said, okay, well, how would you describe where they were? And he didn't have an answer. And, uh, I, you know, it was a new field that he was operating in. So he didn't really, he didn't know the name of it, but also neither does dispatch. You know, the Burgraff farm doesn't mean anything to dispatch any more than it means to anybody here listening to this conversation. So how do you communicate that? And it took him a little while to figure out. And he goes, well, I could pull it up on Google Maps, I suppose. I said, okay, but it took him long enough to get there that I think it was a little bit of an eye opener for myself and for my family members. And then also for him of, well, how do I communicate that information? And so these emergency response sheets, as you can see in the top right, or if you can see it, um, have the fields actually labeled. So if you have a, if you just keep a binder or a PDF or mobile version of this on your phone or in the tractor cab, combine cab, service trucks, whatever it may be, in the event of an emergency, if you have these grid coordinates for each of your physical locations uh, where there are buildings, or if you have grid coordinates for each of your field operations, wherever the main driveway is, because that's a big deal with the emergency responders. A lot of times they'll get a call and we do have some pretty good technology now today to where they can uh, roughly triangulate where that call is coming from. 
But if you're in a, a square country mile anywhere in the Midwest, there might be three, four, five um, field entryways, but there's old fence lines, fence rows, there's hazards in the fields. Uh, they might not be able to get to the right place quick enough. And when it comes to emergencies, um, minutes can be the difference between saving a life or saving a limb, eyesight, whatever it may be. So having that clear communication is really important. So again, the beauty of, of this, of all of the communication, of all of this emergency response, of all of the farm emergency response planning that we can do, is so much of this can be done um, from what we're doing right here, sitting in front of the computer. You can get on Google Maps, you know where these field locations are, you know where the information is. Um, if you go onto Google Maps and click your mouse on a spot, it automatically gives you the grid coordinate. Now, this is a discussion that I had um, with the emergency responders and with dispatch is they are obviously very used to receiving um, addresses. They're very used to receiving uh, physical descriptions or locations. You know, maybe the Burgraff farm is two miles north of State Route 17, half a mile west, and then you'll see the driveway on the north side of the road. And that might be okay for some people, but again, a lot of times you work in these municipalities that are urban centers located to rural communities that are trying to respond, and it's just a little bit different. However, with technology, you can actually take a grid coordinate and enter that into Google Maps, enter that into whatever navigation device that you're using, and it will pinpoint you to that location. So having all of these grid locations pre-planned out allows you to go to that field entrance, you know, whichever field entrance you click on to map out that you think is the most relevant, it will take them directly to that location. So a beautiful thing with technology um, that I think is really important when it comes to response sheets. And again, there's other information that can be communicated here. So over communication, I stated that earlier, I'm a big fan of over communication. Well, let's say you have a uh, field of corn that catches on fire because you had a combine fire or a brush fire got out of control. Well, who are the surrounding farmers that you need to call? And so this is where that continuity and farm operations that I mentioned earlier is, is a crucial piece. Who are the other farmers that you need to call? Who are the landlords? Are there any other hazards located nearby that you need to take into consideration? Also, you'll see um, what if you have a chemical fuel spill? Who's the right person to call there? or if you need an aerial evacuation. This may not be as crucial of a conversation for uh, a typical farming operation, but if you're running a very large agribusiness that has several hundred people in and out, how do you know how to communicate where would be a good place in the event that uh, life flight needs to come in and uh, help try and save someone? Or uh, DNR, waste management, you can put any number of resources on these sheets that you think is pertinent to the operation. And then simple things, right? So aerial maps, um, overlay maps, I'll talk about that here in a minute, putting overlay maps, descriptions, so that if you have new operators, whether it's uh, young children, a new employee to the business, someone that's new to the area, that they can find their way around, that they can orient themselves with um, buildings or structures or terrain features nearby to actually know where they are. And where this can actually have a huge impact is in some of the operations out west, uh, you're in field sizes that are several thousand acres. You might not have hardly any idea where you are, or if it's dark out, it's even harder to figure out where you are. So how do you how do you orient yourself with what you can see there? Simple things, fuel points, service providers, food. I think you all get the idea on that. 
And then more importantly, just a little bit of room for field notes there. You know, what do I need to know about this field? What hazards are present? Now, I referred to the overlay maps uh, that if you are on your screen here, you can see I have some laid out for uh, different tile lines that might be put in, maybe variety trial areas. But even more importantly, and we'll see this uh, a little later on, is what if you have a gas pipeline uh, running through your operation? What if you have overhead electrical hazards? Or maybe there's a filled in well or a liquid underground storage tank that's unmarked. There's a lot of different hazards um, around the countryside that would be pertinent not only for your employees to know, but also pertinent for um, others in the community to know or emergency responders to know about when they pull into these fields and into these operations. Uh, there's a, a father-son operation, unfortunately, here a few years ago in Illinois that they were pulling tile. Um, I think they had recently re gotten the tile plow and were pulling one of their first fields. They hit a snag and they thought it was a rock, so they hooked up another tractor to pull through and ended up pulling right through a gas pipeline. And of course, it created an enormous uh, raging fire. Uh, both perished in the fire, and it, you know, it it's hard to look at something like that and think about well, what could we have done differently? someone knew that pipeline was there how do we communicate that information um, so that we don't have to um, see the heartache and the loss and and try to understand what that family is going through again this is where safety comes in safety planning comes into the conversation of we don't know what we are preventing by implementing some of these measures but we we can measure um, the safety of an operation by understanding the working environment that we're a part of and, and changing that culture, you know, changing this culture and agriculture of not necessarily it just being an inherent risk industry um, of not accepting that as okay, not a, of not accepting that as status quo. How do we change some of this through emergency response planning? I'll, I'll say here too, um, if anybody wants any of these materials that I'm showing you, I know Stacy uh, put the uh, PDF version of this PowerPoint up, but if you want an emergency response sheet, if you want to see the field location information that I'll show you here in a little bit, it's just a simple Excel sheet. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Let me know, reach out to me here, and I will be more than happy to pass that information along. So field location mapping, this is uh, the second portion. So as you can, if you're uh, watching the video, you can see here on the field that I have mapped out, um, again, a legend is key legend is key to knowing what's there but it'll show you maybe substations that you need to have mapped out maybe there's a pipeline maybe you have overhead power lines maybe there's historic wet spots but if you have a new operator in that field that is not the place to uh, continue pulling the the chisel through it eight ten inches maybe you need to raise it up a little bit so you don't get stuck it's again part of that continuity and operations for these farms so Having a simple uh, field name location sheet and putting that grid coordinate information, uh, communicating where the driveway is located, and then any other pertinent information. You know, what's the what's the field size? What else is that farm location known as? It's really easy just to print this off on a double-sided sheet of paper, uh, laminate it, put it in a sheet protector, and just stick it in each, each piece of uh, farm machinery. If you spend an hour getting your grid coordinates, putting all this information in a spreadsheet and printing it off, it can make a huge difference in communication of knowing where you're going, 
because again, like I said, you can put grid coordinates into your Google Maps, into your phone, into whatever um, travel device that you're using, and it'll pinpoint you exactly to that location. Um, and it makes it easier, right? So even if you don't have that full emergency response sheet checklist with your fuel points and the neighbor's information and who to contact for DNR, if you have something like this, you can very clearly communicate an emergency and you can very clearly communicate any other information that transpires um, for your farming operation. So again, field location mapping, I think is extremely crucial. And again, this comes back to making emergency response better, making our farm safer and good continuity within our operations. So I touched earlier a little bit for information sharing. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of great things out there. So 911, again, they can triangulate it, but after talking with dispatch, uh, a lot of that depends on the actual cell strength, the cell signal strength. So in areas, and I don't know if I'm the only rural community area that sometimes has trouble with cell reception. Um, I think that's pretty widespread still in 2020 here, but if you have a weak signal, it could be the difference of 200 or 300 meters, 200 or 300 meters of that triangulation of where that call is actually coming from. And when you look at that difference, if you have a square mile divided into four quarters and you have fence rows and buildings and everything else, that can make a huge difference um, if there's something like an ATV rollover incident. And so there is actually a farming operation out in Nebraska. Uh, one of their employees had been warned of some uh, safety violations. They didn't feel like he was maybe being the safest, whatever else. Uh, he was out checking pivots on a four-wheeler and he was going way too fast down the lane for checking irrigation pivots. Uh, his dog was running right next to him and his dog cut in front of him and he started swerving and ended up rolling the four-wheeler doing 35, 40 miles an hour, no helmet on or anything like that. And he was, he was really severely injured but through that whole process, um, there was a lot of emotions, a lot of anger um, about what had transpired there and about the warnings that have been taking place. And that partnership actually ended up breaking up and it caused a lot, a lot of financial burden um, for that operation. Again, maybe that was something that wouldn't have worked out in the long run, but if you can communicate that along the way and hopefully prevent some of those things from happening, that can be the, the difference in today's farm and agribusiness market with such tight margins and some of the economic downturn that we've seen, that could be the difference between whether a farming operation continues on into the third, fourth, fifth, sixth generations. Um, so what can we do in order to prevent that? Some good systems that are already out there um, that I would encourage you all to look into. I Am Responding is a uh, paid subscription service for um, first responders what it allows those to do is add different members from emergency management services from fire departments um, hazmat sheriff whatever it may be that when a call comes in they can actually kick out uh, like a text message or it's a it's an alert notification on your phone for those volunteers to respond to so they'll click whether they can respond or whether they can't what is their response time, either from where they are to the home station or from the home station to the location of the incident? So you can better uh, map and time manage the response on that. And then what's really cool, um, if you're able to see the screen there, we took that operation I had showed you earlier and actually put in some of the hazards there. Every system's a little bit different. Um, I'm not saying one system is 
better than the other for agricultural purposes. I don't know if there's anything out there that exists currently um, that maybe accurately represents some of the hazards that we see in the community, but you're able to upload some uh, fall hazards, trip hazards, chemical hazards, electrical hazards, things like that, uh, to where you can paint a picture, as I said earlier, if you will, you can paint a picture within 80% accuracy so that the first responders that are on their way, you know, they went and they threw on their gear, they have eight, 10, 15 minutes to get to the actual scene of the incident, they can paint a picture of that operation with 80% clarity before they even go in. So that creates a safer working environment for the volunteers or for the departments, creates a safer um, response plan for the farming operation and will ultimately help lead to more successful recoveries, lives saved, injuries prevented, so on and so forth. Uh, folks up at UMASH uh, have a farm mapper program. Really neat what they're what they're doing there. Um, I think there's there's some good work to be done there yet, but they are also mapping out hazards for livestock operations, chemicals, electrical, and just being able to pinpoint that on the map. They actually have some really cool stuff going on. Um, hopefully integrating that with um, augmented augmented reality or virtual reality, essentially being able to put on a headset as a firefighter or whatever else, and being able to see where these hazards are located uh, so that when you actually show up to an operation, uh, that will be visually laid out in front of you. So a lot of good development going on there as well. And then another application called Smart 911. This is great for uh, personal reference, but also really good to utilize for farming operations. It's a free app you can download, uh, put in your location information, and then what's really cool is you can upload a PDF um, with related information, related documents. I don't remember what the size limit is on it, um, but you can stuff a lot of information into this PDF. So that what you see here on your screen, if you're able to view it, is actually my wife and I's home where I'm uh, talking to you all from today. We have a PDF uploaded with blueprints of our house so that if emergency responders get a call from, from our number, from this location, dispatch, if they have an updated system, dispatch can actually view those documents that are associated. They know who's located at the house. They know that we have a dog, two vehicles. Um, again, just painting that picture and help communicate and having that information sharing available. So for a farming operation, those emergency response sheets that I was talking about, that field location information, maybe the number is associated with just your personal cell phone number if you're the farmer or the agribusiness operator or whatever it may be, but then you're able to upload a PDF with all of your field location information, all that emergency response information and anything else associated with that. So again, these are some great apps, definitely recommend checking them out if they are pertinent. Smart 911, I think is a great one for everyone that you should look into. And I guess, you know, that's kind of that's kind of my pitch on the on the information sharing portion. So again, how do we better link emergency responders with this farming information? Another way to communicate information sharing is just with physical methods. So I know in the past there's been um, hog operations that have actually had emergency response mailboxes or an emergency response filing cabinet or something of that nature to where if there's an incident, um, whether it's a fire or you have a livestock release or whatever it may be, truck truck turnover, spillover, um, they actually have just a fiscal mailbox there. I think this is a really good idea for operations um, 
maybe the volunteer force does not have IM responding, maybe others in, in the farming operation are new there, or you have visitors to the farming operation that would be able to access this mailbox, access this storage container, whatever it is, and pull out a blueprint, communicate that information, and they don't necessarily have to have an in-depth knowledge. They can show up at the scene of the incident and understand what's going on fairly quickly, especially in the event um, that comes to mind of, of massive fires or understanding the hazards that are there. One of the key points is you all can do all of these things. Um, nothing that I said here requires a degree or a certification or anything else. You can share this with your family and friends. You can implement it on your own operation. People that you work with in the agricultural community or the ag safety and health community. And even more importantly, just getting, getting this idea, the concept or implement implementing actual items um, for producers and farm workers um, to, to facilitate some of this emergency response planning. And if it's a situation where um, if you don't want to or if you need help, I can certainly help with that. I'm more than more than willing, obviously, to share here with the, the AgriSafe network and everybody in the community. And, and when I say that, not I don't mean that as in uh, if you don't want to, as in, well, I'm not interested in that. I don't know if your families are anything like mine or if your family farm operation is anything like mine, but we like to joke in the consulting side that you don't really know anything until you're five hours away from home. So if we're, if we're doing a job two hours down the road, we might drive up into Wisconsin real quick and then drive back down because you have to get about five hours away from your farming operation before you know anything. So if you think these are important measures, but maybe you have family members that don't fully understand it or um, just need a little bit help explaining it, I'm more than happy to help where I can share this presentation, share this information with them. Ultimately, what I think would be really neat is to develop this into uh, easy to use phone applications where you can easily add field information. The technology's there. It's just uh, how do you have the time to uh, fully implement this? You know, if you had an emergency response, you open the app and then it asks you all your information or maybe it automatically pulls your grid coordinate information, mapping out these fields, adding hazards in. And then how does this tie into continuity for the farming operation, right? So if you're running a several thousand acre farm operation and you have 20 part-time employees here this time of the year how do you help share where all that field information is how do you get truckers coordinated how do you uh, communicate those hazards or as uh, time goes on on having that field tile information so it's crazy the amount of tile that's been put in since the 1930s that grandpa might have known where it was or does know where it is but dad doesn't and i certainly don't because i you know i haven't been on the farm that long or it's a new farm to us how do you communicate that information effectively um, to understand what's out there so again just something that um, you know you, you hope to work on in your spare time and uh, hopefully some of these communication systems will develop over time to better implement some of these procedures and just having again that field view information available to where it's easy to operate and interact with and then ultimately having system integration so there's so many good systems out there um, whether it's, you know, climate field view or granular systems or, you know, conservists and circa, whoever it is, having these uh, systems that are already being implemented into the technology world, how awesome would it be if um, you were able to communicate this from the tractor cab? So an uh, 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 example that I like to share from my family is 
my grandpa a number of years ago had a heart incident when he was in the combine and thankfully he had uh, a buddy riding with him it was actually someone that had just happened to stop in and was riding and that person was able to take over the combine shut it down call for emergency help and get someone there right away but if he had been out there on his own he wasn't able to access his cell phone or he didn't have cell service or whatever else which are still you know issues that can come with technology in general but how awesome would it be if you were able to integrate that into these platforms and into these screens hit a button automatically share that grid coordinate information what's going on i mean you know just think onstar for for combines onstar for agricultural equipment that the technology is there we are just not utilizing it like we probably should be Okay, so I've talked a lot here. Um, this is a lot of stuff and it's very, very new. Um, so I want you to think, I want you to think back 30 years. So think back to 1990, what did the world look like? You know, we had these computers and um, when you think of today's uh, phones, you know, the phone that you have in your pocket or sitting on the table there, right now they have 25,000 times the amount of space, memory storage in that phone, they're a hundredth the size of a computer and they operate 150 times faster. And that's in 30 years. Well, what does this look like 30 years from now? Farming operations become more complex. Farming operations um, have more people working with them. They get larger. Um, they, they just look different. And with the huge increases in technology that we've had in this amazing time um, in our history, 30 years from now, I think we can all only probably not even imagine what it's going to look like with the onset of 5G, the, the GPS information that we have, the technology sharing, artificial intelligence advancement. How do we get ahead of the learning curve? And so if some of this seems a little far advanced or seems beyond what we know in agriculture here today, I want you to keep that in the back of your mind that this stuff is not slowing down it's going to happen. How do we get ahead of that? How do we save lives, prevent injuries, and implement some things like that here today um, as we move forward in agriculture? So I would love to um, have any discussion to talk about it. Um, if anybody has any developments in the industry or has any questions, and then um, you know just anything that they would like to share with me, again, my contact information will be at the end. I just want to thank you all for your time today, uh, for your dedication to agriculture and for helping shape the future. Uh, we have such an awesome opportunity and whether it's uh, 20 people listening here today or 320 people for you to take the time out of your day um, to care about egg safety and health, I think that is amazing. And as I mentioned earlier, if you can take one thing away from this presentation, if there's one thing that you wanna follow up with me, one thing that you want to bring back to your farming operation or help with those in your community, um, what is that one thing and how do we implement it moving forward? I told Stacy I wouldn't run uh, too long here. She said, well, we have another presentation at two. And I said, well, I promise I won't be going until two probably because we got soybeans to harvest. So hope everyone has a, a safe harvest here, safe uh, fall. And again, just thank you, Stacy, Natalie, everybody at the AgriSafe Network team for, uh, for having me on here. I really appreciate it. Oh, we're grateful for you too, Shay. I do have a couple questions for you if you still have a few minutes. Yes, I do. All right. So there is some conversation in here in the chat box or in the questions while you're presenting. So but free, feel free to continue to send your questions in if you have anything else as we're starting to work our, our way through these. 
Um, the first one I want to have you respond to, how do emergency responders know what your grid coordinates refer to for the specific physical location of an incident? So that's a great question. Um, ultimately, how I envision this and, and what we've actually seen is you are just sharing that grid coordinate information, um, but you're actually, you know, when you call into 911, you're sharing the grid coordinate information, but you're still describing what's going on, right? So as you talk through, whether it's that emergency response sheet or whatever information the dispatcher is prompting from you, uh, that's how you actually describe what's going on. Now, I think what it might be is, okay, if you're giving a grid coordinate for a farm location information, that's where the building numbering and the bin numbering becomes even more crucial because you can share a grid coordinate and or an address, right? Because if it's a physical location, most likely you're gonna have an address for that. Um, but if you have, you know, like that operation, the picture that you saw of our operation there, we have about 15 buildings uh, or 15 different structures that are located on our operation. So in order to effectively communicate that, that's where numbering, even though as basic as it seems, becomes crucial for communicating those hazards that are going on. Share the address, talk with the emergency responders or the dispatch, and then give them the further communication of, hey, we're in building number four, it's a corn crib, we're up above, my father-in-law um, has his leg trapped here, I need help get him out of here, whatever it may be. Hopefully that answers the question. Okay, I feel free to ask any follow-ons too if you didn't get exactly what you were looking for. Um, there was a question about if these forms were available anywhere, um, let's see, especially the emergency response sheet, do you, do you have those accessible somewhere or do you want people to just reach out to you if they want to ask for something specific? I actually don't have them accessible. It's a great idea. I should just put it on uh, agviewsolutions.com. That's where our, um, the consulting and coaching agencies run out of. I can add those to the uh, safety um tab that we have there and make those downloadable but yeah just feel free to reach out to me and i will be sure to uh, get those posted and, and share that information i think i think ultimately um of course when you when you have an idea and you it's your idea you think it's think it's great but when you look at this from a business standpoint you know even local businesses on being able to communicate and share that information um, if i'm in getting my haircut and there's an incident there at the barber shop I don't know the address of that place. I don't know, um, you know, what the emergency responders need to know. But if you had the sheet posted up in there that just said, "Hey, here's how you easily communicate," or you know, think on the scale of universities or other small businesses out there, I just think there's a lot of opportunity to improve and uh, increase the information sharing that we have in our world today. Okay, there's a question too about the security of Smart 911. Um, can you talk a little bit about that for us, please? At least from your perspective. Mm, I I guess I don't know what the question refers to specifically. Here's what I'll say about that information. Um, I I willingly give away tons and tons and tons of information to Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Gmail, any other account that I sign up for. And I don't worry about that as much because it improves um, it improves timeliness, it improves the uh, quality of life that we have, and I think anybody is willing to share information. Getting signed up for this webinar, you're sharing your personal information, um, or you know, to an extent, right, your, your email and things like that. I don't have any questions on the security of Smart 911 or as those applications in general. 
because most of that is public information um, outside of a blueprint. I mean, you can add as much or as little as you want to on there. If you just want to put that you have four household members, but you don't want to put the names of anybody or you don't want to put the make and model of your vehicle, um, you can share at your discretion of the amount of what you want to share there. And if you don't like it, um, just delete it and stop sharing the information. I guess that's, hopefully that answers the question. Okay, we'll take it. Uh, here's a presenter request for you. So if you're in, when you're ready to travel, there's a request for you to go to Central Texas. So I'll share that with you offline. That sounds, that sounds warmer. Let's do that in January. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've at least touched on all of the comments that have come in. Uh, again, we can still we still have a minute or two here if there's anything you'd like to follow up on. Wish Jay. <clears throat> oh, it looks like we got to the heart of your question, so that's good. I would just say, um, in conclusion, for everybody that stayed on here listening to these questions, again, please reach out to me. Um, I'm going to be busy combining and doing everything else here that you do on farm operations for the next few weeks but would love to chat about any of this information and I, I hopefully you can see that this is something that I, I really truly care about um, not only being a farmer myself um, but working with farmers and ag businesses all over the country and having younger siblings and family members that are involved in this this isn't uh, this isn't just something to talk about. This isn't something that, yeah, it seems like a good idea. This is reality. This is this is something that we implement in our farming operations because we believe in it, because we believe it's effective, uh, because of the positive feedback that we've had with emergency responders in the community and just the care that we have for them. So again, just thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh, looking forward to any other opportunities. I appreciate the AgriSafe Network having me on here. You're welcome and thank you for, oh, I see one last question, uh, okay. more around, uh, can you tell us more about how you establish that culture of safety in the setting where you are? That's an awesome question. Um, I think it takes a little bit of time. Um, being an example is a huge aspect of that and I have to catch myself frequently. Uh, so today we're climbing around underneath the corn head and the thought went through my mind briefly of i'm just going to be under here for a minute don't need to set that safety block and then i had to pull myself back and be an example because my father-in-law who grew up in the you know 60s 70s 80s and 90s when you had unprotected ptos you were running livestock and uh doing these farming operations they didn't have the mechanical safeties and hazards built in there might be a sense of culture there of well this is just an established risk that we have but for me to be the example in the farming operation, um, that makes a huge impact. And I think that means just as much as having the conversations, planning the safety meetings with your farming operation or your ag business. And, and just, you know, you talk about building it into a culture where well, you can't, you can't necessarily change a culture overnight. Everybody understands that, but you can do things along the way throughout the year to be an example for that. Um, in order to understand that, hey, this is something that is important to our business. This is something that is important to our family and our farming operation, and we're gonna we're gonna stand by these core values um, that we that we adhere to, that we follow as guiding principles in our business, and that really sets a standard in the community. And and again, not to the other thing is to kind of uh, nip something in the bud as soon as you see it going on. Uh, last year, this is not picking on my father-in-law by any means, but. 
last year uh, we had some wet corn as a lot of folks did in 2019 that was getting built up in the grain cart and in order to get that augered out into a wagon the grain cart was left running and we have safety guards um, there, there's about no way that you could ever get down to the actual auger flighting in the grain cart but my I was finishing up the row combine in and I looked down and I saw the auger was still running on the grain cart my father-in-law was going over to the side to get in there and to kick some sidewall out and I put that combine in road gear went screaming across the field i climbed up that ladder and you know maybe maybe didn't use uh some of the nicest words but the message was very clear of you have grandkids and you're gonna have more grandkids down the road get out of there it's not worth it take the time and just understand that we are presenting these safety messages because we care about you not because we want to restrict what you're doing it's tough culture is really really hard but I do think it's possible to make those changes even in the most difficult of circumstances. Great question. Well, thank you, Shay. You make our job seem so important. Uh, we can't, can't tell you enough how much we appreciate hearing those things from people who are actually involved in farming too. You know, it's help for us, helpful for us to out, you know, just to be reminded of how, how those little decisions do make such a big deal. Absolutely. We're so thankful for the AgriSafe Network. Thank you, Stacey. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, thank you all for joining in today. And we're going to call this session closed. Um, come back at two. If you're ready to talk about respiratory protection, well, uh, Charlotte Halverson will be back at two o'clock. So thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, Shay, for your presentation. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Good yeah, luck. Have a, great, have a great day, everyone. Stacey, there was one question that came in about getting access to the podcast. Um, I think the person left, so maybe you can follow up with them later. They wanted to know, Shay, whether or not you have to have an Apple product to hear your podcast. Oh, for the AgView Pitch podcast, you can actually find that either on um, iTunes, so, or, yeah, excuse me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the AgriSafe Network podcast, where our mission is protecting the people who feed the world. You can learn more about the AgriSafe Network at agrisafe.org and be sure to check out the Learning Lab and all of the excellent resources available on the site. You can also find us on Facebook or contact us anytime at info at agrisafe.org.